Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hello, welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm here today with Marcy Barker. She is a health and fitness and life coach. She is also on a reality show called Ace in the Hole. How are you doing today? I'm doing super great. Thank you for having me here. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. So for my audience and my listeners who may not know too much about you, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got into uh, fitness and life coaching. Cool. I am Marcy Barker. I'm a life and fitness coach. I help people shift habits with exercise, nutrition, and mindset. And my ultimate job is to help you be a very good listener to yourself. And I have a degree in physical education and health. And when people ask me how I got into it, it's kind of a funny story because I, I was married at 18 years old and I was blessed to marry into a family that cared about education. So My mother-in-law said, you're going to go to college. And I was like, I think I'll just have babies. And she said, you're going to go to college and you're going to get that piece of paper for my wall. And I said, you know what, PE, that's probably easy. You know, the PE teachers, they just make people run laps. And um, so I ended up getting my degree while having babies. So I graduated college with, um, while I was pregnant with my third baby, I have four kids, four girls. I still have my brain. I'm not crazy yet. And (laughs) As a, as somebody who wanted to raise my kids, I taught fitness classes at the college. And then when I was done with college, I said, I'm going to stay home, but I still like to be in the gym and get to know people. I am 93% extroverted. So I have to be talking to people. And my husband is the exact opposite. He's a computer programmer. So when I became a personal trainer, he said, you need to do this on the internet. And I said, that's really stupid. That's a stupid idea because you're taking personal at a personal training. And he said, no, you need to do it. And he was right. And so I started my business called Fun and Sustainable Fitness in 2015. And in the first year of um, being open, my programs hit almost every state in the country. So that's kind of how I got into it. And now 90% of what I do is online and it's fun. Wow. Okay. I have so many questions for you out of that, but one is the title fun and sustainable fitness. So I, for me, I I don't know how much about my journey you're familiar with, but you know, certainly my audience knows a lot of like fitness for me is really so much tied to mindset. You know, when I was doing motivational speaking, it was really, I would talk about my personal story and how I think it was such a integral part of my healing. Um, and, you know, certainly the physical aspect of it is pretty obvious. I don't really usually have to do too much convincing for people to understand that connection, but really the emotional, mental, uh, and spiritual component, and it is, you know, so uh, intertwined and uh, it's so powerful. So, and I had my show, When What is Movement, where we explore all of that. And yeah, that's really what drew me to you in the beginning was your love for moving your body in a joyful way. And people forget that people forget that. And even in the fitness industry where it's all about moving your body, people forget that you have to love it. If you don't love it, you won't do it again. So exactly. And so I love the title fun and sustainable because I've been, you know, my, my, my fitness journey has gone through so many different evolutions. You know, I was a competitive gymnast. I uh, did aerial acrobatic performances. And, you know, so I, I coached CrossFit. 
Um, and, you know, I still do CrossFit and you know how intense all of those arenas are. They're very competitive. They're very, uh, they're very demanding. And the one thing for me is while I, you know, I think it's great for people to challenge themselves. I think that, you know, having goals is really important for, you know, for so many things, but I think that in the end, at the end of the day, you want to be able to keep moving for as long as you possibly can, right? So I like this, this fun, sustainable component of it. Tell me, this was very long-winded. So I, all this to say, like, please, I, but I wanted you to understand a little bit of where I'm coming from with all of it. Um, but I'm curious what, what that means to you and how does that translate when you're working with your clients? Yeah, fun and sustainable. I feel like I lucked out because every good program, life, business, it should all be enjoyable and something that you can sustain for a long time. Um, the reason why I focus on it is because your brain is wired for three things, to feel pleasure, avoid pain, and conserve energy. So when you help somebody create habits that their brain says, we like this, we want to do it again, yeah. That's where habits become solidified and your life just becomes easier because you're not busy making all these tough decisions all the time. So I have also been through, a, a, as a fitness instructor, I can teach every format out there minus yoga. I'm not, I'm a better student than I am a teacher. I like to talk too much. Um, but going through all of these different modes of moving your body you want to move your body in a way that's fun. So your brain says, oh, we like that. We liked working out with people. We liked moving, learning a new movement. Um, and so your habits become solidified because you're working with your brain to do that. And I thought, why am I making this harder? I'm not gonna force people to say, oh, if you wanna lose weight, you have to do CrossFit or you have to do HIIT training or you have to do a Ragnar. It's like forcing anybody to do anything, that's, that's not sustainable. It doesn't create happiness. It creates... Um, misalignment. And so I'm really just helping people tap into what is right for them. Right. And when it's right for them, they'll do it over and over and over again. And they see more results and they're happy. And it just, it makes sense. So sometimes in the fitness industry, I'm like, why do people feel like they have to fit into this box to reach their goals? When in reality, there is no box. It's yeah. you, you're a human that adapts and and it, it's fun to adapt to. And I love too. when I was looking into all your stuff, I was like, this girl, she knows what she's talking about because <laughs> people have to be happy. And, and I was speaking at a retreat last week and somebody said, well, what's the best exercise you can do? And I said, the one that you're going to do. Yes, I always say that. The one you're going to do. The one that you're going to stick to. And so like I've done CrossFit. I've, I have loved CrossFit, but I, I don't want to keep doing it. So uh, I now I do pole fitness and that is so much fun for me uh, on a pole. pole I, yeah, I, right before the lockdown started, I was I, I was supposed to do a competition. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I, I joke with people that it's pole fitness if you keep your core nice and tight, but the second you arch your back, it's pole dancing. So I just, <laughs> I do pole fitness. But that is really funny. Well, I have very minimal back flexibility and I have a very uh, strong uh, core. Uh, I actually have a theory on this and this might be interesting to you, but um, I was born with hypotonic limbs. So I, my theory is that my core tends to fire first because uh, it's, you know, the, it's most familiar for me, hmm. um, mm -hmm. which is a better problem to have, you know, like as you, yeah, know, it's an advantage to be core to extremity. Most people do the opposite. Um, but I tend to compensate that way. And back flexibility is not my strong suit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I do pole fit, fitness, not pole dancing, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but pole dancing, you know, uh, some of them are, I mean, especially the ones who can do both. It's just really impressive to me. I, I know yeah. that you're talking about making it a uh, Olympic uh, sport and it really is another form of gymnastics and acrobatics. So, you know, when done, you know, that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. and, and ultimately you just have to do what is fun and enjoyable to you. Like that's really all it comes down to. Totally. You have to just love it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so Tell me a little bit about how that integrates with life coaching, because one, you know, I always say that movement is a metaphor for life. I think that it's a really great tool 
uh, to teach people how to overcome challenges in other areas of their life. So I'm curious about how you integrate those two. Yeah, perfect. Um, so I started out as a fitness instructor, moved into personal training, got into nutrition, and then I was seeing a lot of success with my clients reaching their physical goals, but they still weren't happy. Mm. And you can just tell, you know, scrolling through somebody's Facebook, what kind of <laughs> things they're dealing with. And so I had this one client that was just sort of complaining about everything. And I said, you know, we worked so hard to get you where you were at. It's a bummer that you're not happy. And um, I realized that as a coach, I had to step out of let's sculpt this body into let's sculpt this life. And my, I was going through my own challenges at the same time. I have, a, I like to just call it family drama because people can relate to that. And I learned that I had to separate myself from damaging circumstances. And I thought, you know what? I help people do this with food all day long. You know, if, if Wendy's doesn't make you feel good, stop eating at Wendy's, you know, <laughs> if drinking too much soda doesn't make you feel good, then, then stop drinking so much soda. If this person makes you feel like garbage, then stop talking to that person. Right. And so I learned, I learned that with my own mastery of my physical body, I could translate that discipline into mastery of my mindset or my environment. And this really hit home for me when I started learning more about mindset and I struggled with postpartum depression and I was talking to my dad and he said, how are you doing? I was like, fine, fine. <laughs> and, and he said, if you ever think about hurting yourself, come and talk to me first. And I thought that's really weird because me and my dad don't really talk about our emotions and he's not a healthy physically person. So it was weird to take any sort of health right. advice from him, but it, it, it treat, it piqued my interest. And I was like, that's weird. And so I said, what do you mean? And he said, you know, there's 11 kids in my family and all of us have been treated to some degree for mental illness, anxiety, depression. And, and I thought, oh my, if this is happening to all my aunts and uncles, and I learned that my great grandmother died in a mental hospital. So there's a lot of parts of me that I'm like, oh my gosh, if it happened to my great grandma and my grandma's mental health went downhill before she passed and my dad is dealing with lots of crazy stuff, what am I going to do about it? Right. And I figured if I know the mechanics of getting my body in shape, then there's got to be the same process for my mindset. And so I really dove into it. And as I did this for myself, I realized that I had a platform to help women recognize that it starts from the inside. And a lot of things just sort of came together. And um, there's a quote I ran into 15 years ago that I've always lived my life by. And it, it just was heaven sent that it fits right into my business. It is true happiness comes only when our spirits learn to control our bodies, training them to be governed by the laws of God. So I was hit with another, you know, divine slap in the face of your body is a gift yeah. to fulfill what is in your, your spirit, to fulfill your, your purpose. And on my grandmother's headstone was basically an apology from the hospital saying never again will we remove somebody from society without getting help or she was wrongfully removed meaning she didn't get the help she needed to recover and I could go into the whole story of what actually made her crazy but the fact was she was suffering from postpartum and they didn't know that that's what it was she was suffering from PTSD and they didn't know what that was and so in my family line I thought there's a lot of very clear physically unhealthy people and I've already got the physical part down. So how can I use that to transition into mental health? So now um, sometimes my clients are like, tell me what to eat. Tell me how to exercise. And I'm like, that's it. It doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter <laughs> what you do. What matters is that you learn how to pay attention to what you're supposed to do. And you act on that where fitness falls into place is that your body needs to be able to walk you through new patterns. It needs to be able to take your body to the next place. And if you're hurt, if you're injured, if you're physically unwell, 
that takes all of your energy. It takes all of your time. It takes, it takes away from what you're, you're supposed to be doing. So I could keep, I could keep talking and yeah. ranting, but that's why I wrote a book. So <laughs> there's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of experiences of why the physical body is simply here to live, live your spirit. So anyway. Yeah. It, it inhabits your spirit, right? It, yes. That's the physical uh, embodiment of it. Yes. Yes. Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So what is the uh, book about? So that's, I guess, what the book is about and uh, what compels you to write it? Yeah, uh, my book is called The Accountability Code, Wake Up and Show Up. Mm -hmm. And it's about taking all of the gifts we've been given, whether it's through trials or hard times or just epiphanies of this is our life. Um, A good example is when you you see somebody and you're like stunned into awareness of like, oh my gosh, this could be me. So in my situation, it was my grandma went crazy. My great grandma died in mental hospital. My dad is struggling with this. And I, I was awoken to saying, oh my gosh, this could happen to me. How must I act differently to change my life? So the accountability code is a lot of different examples of how I've been able to change my physical body because my spirit was led to do something different. So it's, it's a real, I mean, some stories in there are pretty deep. It's, it's not for, it's not just here, be motivated to go and do it. It's like, I'm going to teach you exactly how to use your experiences to say, how am I going to update my life? So I show up differently. So I'm happier. So I'm making an impact in the world and ultimately leaving my footprint exactly how it should be, which is leaving this earth a better place than you found it. And that's what creates happiness now. I'm really good at long answers. Have you noticed? <laughs> that's the answer. My book is called The Accountability Code, Wake Up and Show Up. Yeah. I, I can relate. I, I have long answers and I ask long questions. <laughs> so um, little, little fun fact about me. I, I think when I first was going to start the podcast and somebody was telling me that, you know, uh, 15, 20 minute podcasts are really successful. And, uh, you know, so that, that's what you're going to do. Right. And, uh, I said, hi, I'm Courtney. I'm a deep dive girl. I don't think we've met. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't do like the, uh, you know, I'm not really good at small talk. I'm not good at really quick kind of, although that's a skill. I really admire people who are a, who are that clear and they're able to just, you know, boil things down so succinctly. Uh, not my strong suit, but uh, I like dive deep. <laughs> but so yeah, so it's great. Long answers work for me. Um, yeah, so tell me a little bit, and we'll go back to this because I, I want to hear more about you know the uh, methods that you use. But before we do that, I want to hear a little bit about this ace in the hole uh, reality show. And uh, yeah, I, I realized during my long answer, I didn't even fully answer your question. Uh, what, what compelled me to write this? So uh, I am on a reality TV show called Ace in the Hole, and it is a competition for business owners to scale their business. And we have been filming for six months now, and we filmed the finale next month. So with this Ace in the Hole, that's a poker term. And what we do is once a month, we get together and we play a game of Texas Hold'em. And the hands or pots determine what prizes and access to coaching we get. So during this whole poker game, I was able to pick a business coach and a mindset coach. And by doing what they tell us to to grow our business, we earn more chips for the next game. So there is playing a short game of winning these poker games. And then there's a long game of actually scaling your business. So when we started out in the beginning, One of the mentors said, by the time this show is over in six months, you will have three published books. And I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy. I I love talking. I love telling my story, but I don't feel like writing is my strong suit. So I was like, I'm finally going to get help to do this. And people always say, oh, you need a book to to get more speaking engagements and all that. And I was like, I'm going to get some help. Like, yes, let's let's get it done. So Um, they said, you're going to write three books. And I was like, I think I'll do one book. That sounds like a good starting point. And, and I thought out of what I do is movement or exercise and nutrition and mindset. They said, you'll have three books, one on each of those. And I thought, you know, mindset is where I need to go. That's where I need to put all of my efforts. I need to go all in 
yeah. with my mindset book. So I spent five months or five weeks in Guatemala writing my book and just getting it, getting it ready out in the world. And it's been a really good process because I know for a fact, I've already changed three lives with my book. And wow. that's, that's sort of just that's the cute. icing on the cake. So as we launch, uh, I'm just excited to get my message out there of um, fun and sustainable fitness through mastering habits and being self-accountable. Wow. So how do you know that you have changed three lives? Tell me about that. Um, by sharing some of the stories that I wrote, uh, I'll, sh I'll share one example here. So I had a friend um, a few years ago, she was in my church and she would say that she saw somebody stuck in the snow, their car was stuck in the snow. And she said, I couldn't physically help them. I'm not in a physical condition for me to get out and help, but I will pray for them. And so I thought, you know what, that's pretty cool. I want to be able to just keep that top of mind and pray for people if I can't, I can't help them. However, I'm competitive and I want to be in shape to go push the car out of the snow too. So how can I integrate my body being ready to serve and my heart being ready to serve? And so I learned from this sister that when somebody did something kind, she would send you a card in the mail. If you made, if you made dinner for somebody, she would send you a card in the mail. If you said something that impacted you, that impacted her, she would send a card in the mail. And so you just felt really good when you got a card from this person. And I said, you know what, I'm going to be like her. I'm going to, I'm going to send out cards and I'm going to make sure that I express my gratitude. And it became a really solid way for me to beat depression on a daily basis, because you can't feel bad when you're expressing gratitude. So I was really impacted by her and I had moved away and um, on Facebook, I saw a post from her daughter and she said, my mom is really sick. It, it just send us your prayers. She's not doing well. She's in the hospital. Um, send your prayers. And I thought, oh, I have to send her a card. If I was in this situation, she would send me a card. So I, I texted her and I said, hey, can you give me your mom's address? I would love to send her a card. I sent her a card and she sent me one back. And I was like, she's sick. She's sick and she sent me a card and I, it, that was just amazing. It was amazing to me. And, um, I have this little thing where I keep all the cards people give me so I can remember how awesome I am when I don't always feel like it. And this particular friend had her own section of, in my collection of cards, like that's how much she wrote them. So it was just really nice. And, um, then I get word that she passed away. She was sick that she had passed away and I just felt really sad. I was happy. I got one of her last cards, but I felt sad, especially because she passed away from a complication of a weight loss surgery. And I thought, how sad she was such an amazing person, but her body failed her. It wasn't that she made the wrong choice. It was that her body failed or now her goodness in this earthly state is ceased because she doesn't have a body to write cards anymore. She doesn't have a body to express her gratitude. And I thought, you know, I always want to be in a physical condition to serve and to do that so that I can continue sharing goodness. Um, as I was writing this story, I sent it to her daughter and I said, hey, I'm writing a book and your mom really impacted me. She changed my life. And I would love, out of respect, I would like your permission to just share this in the, in the, in my book. And, um, she read it and she wrote me back and she just said, you have no idea. Tears are in my eyes. And she said, I've been struggling with my own weight journey. And she said, and I just needed to talk to my mom. And she said, I know that God sent this story as a message for my mom's comfort to be here. And I said, okay. <laughs> and then she said, but there's more. She said, there's more to this story that nobody knows. And she's, and, and with her permission, I have, am sharing this and it's in my book as well. Um, while her mom was contemplating weight loss surgery, her six children said, mom, don't do it. Don't do the surgery. Your body's not healthy enough. There's too many risks. You don't need a weight loss surgery. And she continued to say, no, heavenly father or the Lord, God is telling me I need to do this. I, that it's, it's what I need to do. And as a result of her making that decision, all of the kids stayed in touch. They all had their phones. They're like, here's what's going on with mom today. And they were uh, communicating every single day about their mom. Um, 
And so they became closer. And when their, their mom passed away, one of the brothers confided in his siblings. He said, I am going to commit suicide. This is too much. This is too much for me. And I'm done. And because they were used to texting each other every day, he didn't do it. They were, they were messaging him and he changed his mind. And here's, here's the crazy part about all of this is all of the kids firmly believe or know in their hearts that their mom traded her life for her sons. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is a big deal. But the important message here is that my friend listened. She listened to what she needed to do. And sometimes we don't always know the outcome. You know, people can judge and say, oh, she had a weight loss surgery. If she just would have exercised, it's no, that's not what it's about. It's about following through on what you know you need to do because you have no idea what the outcome is going to be. And so for me to hear all this, it gives me comfort in saying, how can I take care of my mind and my body so that I'm always in a position to listen to what God is telling me to do? Because you never know who who you're touching, who you're supporting, who you are being a strength to. And so sending that over, I just was like, okay, there's my book, right? Like good enough. Like that's, that's just the mic drop. And, you know, if I impact any other life by getting this message out there, it's going to be worth it. So there's been a couple other experiences too, where I've, I've shared um, my, the impact other people have had on me and include it in the book. And, um, so there's been a couple tender mercies where I'm like, okay, this is, this is what it's all about. It doesn't matter if it's a bestseller or it gets out there. I make a million dollars. It's like, no, the message of fun and sustainable fitness is being pushed forward because I'm doing my best to just listen and be ready. Wow. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And I, I love your outlook of being able to take something that was uh, so tragic um, <clears throat> Seeing, you know, the positive and seeing what the the silver lining and the blessing that was uh, imparted as a result. So, yeah, that, that's really awesome. I think it's really hard for people in uh, times of hardship to to see silver linings and to see, you know, that there that there is an outcome that they couldn't have been uh, privy to beforehand. So yeah, and I and and I don't know how much you believe in God or. Mm-hmm. or the power of being his hands in a way. And I feel like when we are working on ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, we're going to be given those messages that can help other people. And I firmly believe that's why I was given daughters, all girls. I don't know what I would do with boys, but <laughs> I, I've been through a lot and I, I know a lot and I coach thousands of women and my job is to help my daughters. Yeah. And the, the very best way I can do that is to pay attention to the messages and teach them how to pay attention to the messages they're getting to. Cause I'm, I'm, they're going to move out one day <laughs> and they're, oh, they're yeah. not going to be forced <laughs> to be around me. And I want them to be able to find that self mastery where your spirit says here body here's what we're going to do today we're going to take ourselves to talk to that person we're going to take ourselves to the mailbox to send the card we're going to take ourselves through a through the ability to breathe do meditation like you need your body for all of those things and those physical patterns and habits invite the messages that you need to hear yeah I, I, the other component of, uh, you know, physical mastery is that it, it makes you so much more uh, uh, self, self-sufficient and sovereign um, so that you are in a better place to be able to serve, you know. Um, we can't do that if we're depleted. So, yeah, yeah definitely. I, I heard at a conference recently um, you can't give to charity if you're still a charity yourself. Right. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's really true. And same is true for you know the body, our physical health. It's hard to give to others when we're depleted, just like you said. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm always a, a big proponent of, you know, people, especially in times like these, should take ownership of their health. That's one of the things they have some control over. You don't have complete control over it. <clears throat> you work with what you have and you want to optimize that. So, and then from there, that's a, 
a good launching pad for other, you know, areas of life. So. Yes, yes, definitely. What can I ask you? Can, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Um, when you when you were feeling down in kind of like a depressed spirit state, what's something that you do with your body to get out of it? So I'm very much a like, you know, I really kind of it's not always the same. Like I go based on feel and based on, but for me, it, it, and it really will depend, you know, it could be simple as going for a long walk. Um, it could be like, sometimes I need to be around people. And, uh, you know, you were saying you're, I, I tend to be extroverted as well. Um, although I, I kind of, a, a lot of times I'm like ambivert, you know, so sometimes I really need that. And other times I really need the, you know, to, recoup and solitude um so sometimes that's a huge but movement for me usually is a uh, a very social kind of component I really do like that aspect of it but sometimes I need to clear my head and like a long walk will do that sometimes I need the intensity and it's like I need to just not think you know uh I actually had a trainer years ago he used to say that to me he's like my he's like most people my job is to like really push them physically and and he's like, that's never my job with you. He's like, my job is to make sure that you don't think for an hour. If I can get you out of your head for a full hour, I've done my job. Um, Good. Yeah. So it, it really depends. It's, uh, you know, but I, I almost always feel that when I'm in a down state, uh, the thing about movement that I personally love so much is that I find it really empowering. Because sometimes that empowerment comes from just showing up, showing up when you don't feel like showing up, you know, sometimes that empowerment comes from doing things you didn't think you could do. So I tend to, having had the gymnastics background, I tend to really love skill-based type movements uh, because mm -hmm. it's very mind-body integrated. And uh, for me, that's, a, that's very rewarding. It's, you know, doing something that like requires, you know, all of you. And a lot of times it's things that seem completely impossible. And then just being able to master a little bit along the way, that's really empowering. Uh, and I've seen that when I worked with, you know, clients or, you know, coaching classes as well. Like people, I always use the example of push-up because when, when people start CrossFit, a lot of times if they don't have a strong fitness background, they're like, I'll never be able to do a push-up, especially women. You know, I hear that all the time. Uh, <laughs> when they get their first push-up, it's like, oh my gosh, I did that. You know, I can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I love that aspect of it. But but yeah, it's one of the, and I think the other thing about it too, sorry, it's a very long-winded answer because there's so many components of it, but uh, the other part of it is the consistency. So it's something that, um, you know, they say that people who are suicidal having just like one thing to look forward to, it could be like wanting to know what's gonna happen on their favorite TV show next week is enough to save their lives. And mm -hmm. I think for me always having the consistency of my physical training, it's, it's the thing that when I'm not in the best mental state, emotional state, it's the thing that I know I can get up and do and it will be completed and I will have been better for it as a result. Mm -hmm. And I will probably enjoy it as well, feel better. So um, yeah, so I, I, it wasn't a really concrete answer, but yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. It all, it all fits into, I mean, when you're able to demonstrate, here's what my body is telling me. Here's how I like to adapt. Here's like how, how I like to change. That's, yeah. that's all stuff that people need. They need to recognize that health and happiness is fluid. It can change yeah. and it can adapt. And yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think the challenge. So I, I think I had said a little bit in the beginning, like the challenge aspect for me is a, a like probably one of my favorite parts of it, but it, that has shifted over the years because, you know, it's a no longer, I've always been self-competitive, but it's no longer a challenge in the sense of like, I have to hit you know, these numbers, or I have to be able to do this. Um, because for me, it's more about, I just want to be able to continue to move. But there is still the challenge in that time frame. you know, like right then and there, what is the challenge for me today? Um, and for me personally, I think one of the great things about movement is it's so tangible. 
So you either complete that skill or you lift that weight or you ran that time, whatever it is, or you didn't. And how you handle that process teaches you so much about how you navigate through life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, when things are easy for me, how, how do I react? You know, when things are difficult, what do I do? Do I fold? Do I keep pushing through? Do I respect, you know, where I am now? Uh, do I honor the process? Um, you know, am I invigorated by it? Does that motivate me? Am I, you know, am, am I demoralized by it? You know, all these things I think are really great to reflect, but they're in other areas of life, they're a lot of times they're intangible. You, you're not aware of, you know, that trajectory, but with movement, it, it's staring you right in the face. You can't really hide from it. And I think that's yeah. a great opportunity. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. You kind of just described my experience on this reality TV show <laughs> where it's like uh, when I when I first got casted for the show, um, I said, I don't know how to play poker. And they're like, that's fine. It's all about learning and, and growing. And so they're kind of likening playing poker to growing your business. And I'm not allowed to talk about the outcomes of each of the poker games, but it's been really interesting to see how I play poker. And like you said, you know, your movement helps you understand how you show up in life. And that's kind of the goal they were also getting with this poker show of like, how does Marcy play? And how does that translate to how she's doing in life and specifically scaling your business? So it's like, it's the feedback where sometimes you're like, you don't want to see it. But then other times you're like, no, this is this, you can't ignore. Yeah. You can't ignore this and how you do one thing determines how you show up in the next area. And so yeah, I, I'm, I'm all excited when you're talking about exercise and then I think about how my poker game has been and I'm like, oh man, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's all related. It's all related. It is, right. They say how you do one thing is how you do anything um, and, or everything. And I, I think that, I think the thing about movement though, which is why I'm so fascinated that you use, you know, with how you use that to uh, translate to life coaching, because I just think it, it's a, such a great mirror. It's a very it's very tangible, it's very practical, and it's really unavoidable. It's not like a, you know, it's not like this amorphous kind of, you know, thing yeah. that you cheat your way through, you know, and is what you're going to get out, so. Yeah, and your, your body, it's like when you have a paradigm shift, like in the accountability code, it's like you can have an epiphany where you're like, oh my gosh, things have to change, you got to do it differently, but your body is not like that your body isn't like, oh my gosh, we have to be 30 pounds lighter. Like we understand now, like, no, (laughs) you, you have to get there. So you have to develop the structure of repeating these habits or these affirmations that, that move you in the right direction. So yeah, the body is really, really interesting in how it works, but it's, it's the very best gift we've been given right now. So we just got to learn to take care of it. And so that's why uh, life coaching I, I can't see myself as a life coach without the fitness aspect. Mm-hmm. And um, because there are a lot, a lot of life coaches out there that I'm like, you're not even talking about the exercise. You're not even talking about how they feel day to day or their energy levels or like how they're feeling their body. So it's, it's been really amazing to piece those, put those pieces together because right. yes, your body dictates the house for your spirit. And so you have to address it. You have to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I like that you address it as not being separate. You know, I think that's something really missing from uh, the fitness industry is a lot of people are so focused on the physical. Um, and I, I think that that um, is misleading. And I, I think that leads to a lot of what you were saying, where people may reach their physical goals and then they're still unhappy. Uh, I'd love to, to hear a little bit about that. Like, what what is that process like when you're working with someone who, and how often do you see that where somebody reaches their physical goals and then they're like, I'm still not happy. I thought I'd be so happy now, you know? Yeah, yeah. So things have definitely changed in the way that I, I message, mm-hmm. my messaging goes out, but there's there's one client and her name is Amy. And I found her in a Facebook group and it was this Facebook group about working out. So not even, I wasn't even looking for clients. I'm just trying to help people with my expertise in in personal training. And so she posted a picture of herself in a swimming suit and she said, I just can't lose 
this last 10 pounds, this 10 pounds won't come off. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, girl, you look good, but okay. But I said, I know exactly how to help you. If you would like some extra help, just message me and I can help you out. So we get chatting and Amy doesn't know that she's already reached her physical goals, but she has in a sense, because her body is not holding her back. She's just trying to optimize even more. So I bridged the gap between why people come to a personal trainer and what they really need in, in their life. So Amy was this perfect example. She's like, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not losing this last 10 pounds. I need help. And so I'm working on her knowing things are going to change, but she's thinking I'm going to help her lose the last 10 pounds. Um, so we talk about, okay, every client I have, I hold them accountable to sleep, self-care, water intake and movement. So I asked her, how are these things going? Okay, well, movement, perfect. I'm in the gym five days a week. And sometimes I even go hiking. Like she's all about burning the calories. Um, Self-care. She's like, oh, well, my exercise counts as self-care. I'm like, okay, (laughs) sleep, self-care. Then there's water intake. She's like, I'm good on that. I drink water all the time. And then sleep, self-care, water intake, movement. So she gets, she gets it all done, you know? So in her mind, um, she's doing it. She's like, sleep is great. I just work out extra hard and that makes me tired at night. So I sleep. And then she's up and, and doing her exercise again. So physically I would ask her, okay, how are you doing on a scale of one to 10 rate yourself? 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Okay, cool. Well, obviously there's a problem because there's this 10 pounds you don't want to lose. So I said, let's go a little bit deeper. Let's talk about your nutrition. So she's like, okay, I have it all. I have it all. I've been tracking my calories. Like, no, she has it. So we look at it and I'm like, okay, you're eating a thousand calories. She's like, yep. And I'm like, okay, so let's talk about this. You're, you're, everybody has their BMR, their basal metabolic rate. That's the amount of calories your body needs at rest to sustain life. With Amy, she has a ton of lean mass. And so she's going to need even more calories than she thinks she does. So I tell her, hey, girl, you're under eating by like 400 calories on a resting day. And on the days you exercise, it might be like closer to 600. So I told her, let's improve what you're eating. And then let's take a look at the scale. Okay. So uh, because she cares about the scale and I care about the fact that she cares about the scale. So we address it. So we're taking care of eating and that's part of your job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, and validating because in, in what I do is we want to maximize the good behaviors. We, we want to, we just want to congratulate the crap out of them because we want them to repeat, but for her, we had to change. Okay. What are the things that are not working? So we're looking at her, her calorie intake. And I said, okay, you got it. You can either stuff your face and, and get up to your calorie range, or you can, step back on those extra workouts or you can up, have more servings, whatever, go up by 200 calories. So I said, follow these recommendations and let's, let's chat again in a week. Okay. So she does it. She's tracking her progress through my app. And so I'm, I'm, I can see what she's working on without me being like, do this all the time. <laughs> so I was like, okay, how are you doing? Um, how's it going? And she was like, um, I know that I came to you because I wanted to lose 10 more pounds. She's like, but I don't really care about that anymore. And in my, I'm like, we did it. And, and so I said, that's awesome. I said, tell me what changed. And she said, I had no idea how good I would feel when I would take care of my body in the way that I've known I needed to. So she knew she was restricting herself. She knew she was exercising too much. She knew that she looked good in a swimming suit already but there was something about her that still pushed because it was a, a, a habit or a cycle that got her rewards. She was feeling pleasure when she would get compliments from people. Uh, um, and so she was like, I don't care about the scale anymore. I don't care about the 10 pounds. And it was because her body gave her feedback, positive feedback for taking care of itself. Right. And a lot of times people think um, like Amy, her before version, she's like, I'm doing great. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. And the thing is people get into, they think they're functioning well, right? but until they understand what it feels like to function optimally by taking care of herself. So it was really cool because that's what you want. Amy now knows what it feels like to listen to herself. Cause in the back of her mind, she knew when her husband's like, why are you going to the gym again? She's like, cause I like it. It's my self care, but you don't appreciate me, but I'm leaving. Like, <laughs> no. She already knew that maybe she didn't need to spend hours in the gym. She already knew that maybe she didn't need to restrict herself or she could eat, eat food. And so it was all these factors that like maybe a regular personal trainer would have been like, 
here's what we're going to do and really double down on being obsessed or stressed about food or exercise. So in my mind, I was like, she doesn't care about the scale anymore. How awesome is that? And she doesn't need to because she's got so, so many good fitness and nutrition habits under her belt. What we needed to do is just update her mindset. So that's one example of, of people who, I guess, when I say they've reached their physical peak, it's like they think they've reached their physical peak. So my job is just to help them reposition their discipline into areas that really make them happy. And what makes us happy is loving the person we are because you can't escape who you are. You got to live with yourself for the rest of your life. So it's good when you're not fighting with yourself or trying to convince yourself you need to do something different when deep down you're like, oh, I think there's other areas in my life that I'd like to spend time on. So yeah, yeah. that's the fun. That's a fun part for me because when Amy dies, nobody's going to read her BMI. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to read <laughs> how many pull-ups she can do. Nobody's going to say, here's how many hours she spent in the gym. You, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Nobody cares how much time you spend in a the gym. They care how you show up, how you impact the world, how they feel when they're around you. Yeah. All of those things are so much more important. We just have to make sure our body is supporting who we want to be in life. Yeah, absolutely. So beautiful. I'm curious, were, were there other uh, shifts that she saw in her life? Like after, you know, that priority shifted? Um, I worked with Amy years ago. Um, and I, so we didn't, it hasn't been a while. She hasn't worked with me for a long time, but I think the fact that she just didn't care about the scale anymore was enough for her to say, I don't need to be crazy like this anymore. So, you know what? I should follow up with her. There you go. I'm going to do that. Well, I'm curious, like how much that freed up, uh, you know, other areas of her life and about, uh, her like if she was able to recognize where that pattern could be, you know, repeated in other areas. Yeah, I should have an answer for you. So we will follow up. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That would be great. Um, hopefully she's doing very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hopefully she is. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would you say are like the most common uh challenges you see in working with people and uh the most like I guess the biggest surprises yeah <clears throat> it could be either um, positive or yeah so I guess there's two two answers to that there's a surprise for me and then there's a surprise for the client yeah. so I'm always I guess I'm still consistently surprised that people care so much about their bodies Uh, the way that they look. So when somebody comes to me and they're like, I want to lose 30 pounds in eight weeks. I'm like, where did those numbers come from? Like, who are you following? Who's making you believe that you need to do this? So I'm, I'm, I'm consistently reminded that there's people in the fitness industry that are like, here's how you need to look. Here's how you pose. Here's what you do to get rid of stretch marks. Like, so that's always surprising to me, which is why I have to always refocus my messaging of how I'm how I'm sharing anyway and then um biggest surprises with the clients are they want it to they expect it to be more complicated they expect here's what you do for your workouts every day here's the special eating plan that's gonna get you to the size two whatever Mm -hmm. and and they they underestimate the power of basics, basics of health, sleep, self-care, water intake, movement. And sometimes people are like, no, but I want to lose weight. And I'm like, but you're not sleeping. So I promise you it's related. So I had one client, um, her name was Gail and I started working with her and a lot of people, um, I I mean, I do everything online, so I don't know them personally. So sometimes it just takes a little bit more time to say, okay, what are you dealing with? You know, when you're with somebody in person, there's a lot of factors that you can see. This particular person, she said, I want to lose weight. And I'm like, okay, let's get going. In any of my programs, you're going to hear it over sleep, self-care, water, take movement. So she's in a week and she's like, I'm not losing any weight. And I'm like, okay, well, I can see by your progress, you're tracking, your accountability tracking that you're not sleeping. You haven't answered 
full points for any of the, I got more than six or seven hours of sleep. So I said, let's talk about your sleep. Um, why aren't you sleeping? And she said, well, I'm depressed. I'm a widow. I've been a widow for five years. I lay in bed and I'm just sad. I think about my husband and I'm just sad. So I don't sleep. And I said, okay, then let, these are, these are the factors we need to talk about. Cause if I was that regular trainer who was like, eat this, do this. It's like, that's not going to solve her problem of being depressed and feeling sad. Like she would be working against a brick wall, you know, with no tools. So I said, okay, if you're not sleeping, let's talk about your self-care. Let's talk about some meditations. Let's talk about how we can change your mindset. You're still here. You have a body. You still get to be here. You have other family members who are in your life still. Your husband enjoyed doing these things with you. He probably would want you to continue doing those things. So we put together a meditation where she could get her, herself in a, a mindset of, I'm still here. I still have my body. And yes, my husband didn't care how much I weighed. Why am I worried about it now? You know, and it was a lot of habits that were creeping up that were causing her to gain weight. So I said, can you trust me to not worry about the weight for a couple of weeks? Let's really focus on your, your tracking um, and making sure that you're sleeping and improving your self-care. And she said, okay, I trust you. Um, so in her accountability tracking quiz, I'm looking at it and you know, she, her points are going up and points are just to measure consistency. Mm -hmm. So I see that she's becoming more consistent with her self-care and her sleep. And then the next thing I know, I'm going through my accountability, all of my clients. And she says, I got five hours of sleep. And she was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I was like, I didn't, I, that's you. You did it. You trusted yeah. the process. You know, the next couple of days, I got six hours. I got seven hours. And then, then the next time it was, I'm down five pounds. And I was like, oh. you're taking care of yourself. That's the important part is that she yeah. now had tangible evidence that when you worry or focus on in more important things, yeah. your body is going to appreciate it. Your body is wanting to op function optimally. So it was really cool. So there's always surprises on both sides. Um, yeah. and, and the goal is always to say, what's, what's your goal? What's your outcome? What's your real reason mm -hmm. for wanting to get healthy? Let's work backwards so that we can put these into actionable steps. In the meantime, while working on your steps, you can't cheat the basics. So what are the basics, Courtney? Sleep, water and cake, movement. I'm sorry, they're out of order. That's <laughs> fine. Nutrition and, and accountability. Yeah, right? self-care. Yeah, self-care. So, yeah, and, and <laughs> I'll just be weird real quick. This is how you remember them. So you have your sleep. You know that, yes. you know that song, that kid song, head, shoulders, knees? Yes. Yeah. So sleep, self-care, mm -hmm. water, mm -hmm. report, and then movement. So sleep, awesome. self-care, water, and take movement. And all of my clients, they they get they don't get sick of it. They're so grateful for me for reminding them a hundred times a day. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's the fun part is really getting diving deep into why. Why do you really want to work on your body? Because when you tap into the real reason, the why, you're satisfying your brain's need to feel pleasure, to avoid pain, and to conserve energy. So it's kind of like a cheat sheet of progress. If we do it the right way to work with your brain and your body, it's going to be easier than trying to force you to do something you find on Pinterest. Yeah, for sure. To, to find pleasure, avoid pain, and... Conserve energy. Conserve energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are all the keys for survival. Those are, yeah. those are survival uh, mechanisms. Yeah. Yep. So but we, we can't escape those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't try. <laughs> yeah. So the, this is a cheat sheet to use uh, uh, to optimize what we already, what's already hardwired into our uh, survival mechanisms. So yeah. yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, it's been awesome. Do you have any other things you want to uh, leave us with or, yeah. Um, ultimately, I would just invite everybody to just take a deep breath mm -hmm. and appreciate how amazing you already are in this moment. Like where you've gone right now, it took your version of yesterday to get here. It took your version of last year 
took your version of your teenage years and all the, all the things you did to screw up your kids, like all of that stuff, we're all trying our best. But if you can just say, I'm here in this moment and I'm awesome and I'm just going to keep being awesome, then that's the sort of desire you need to keep going. And so if I can ever support somebody in that process, I would love to. People can connect with me on all the platforms, um, either Marcy Barker or Fun and Sustainable Fitness. And then if people want to reserve a copy of my book, they can. They can go to marcy360.com. It's M-A-R-C-I-360.com. But ultimately, I'm here. I'm here to chat. If you guys message me, I will always get back to you because I, I never want anybody to feel alone or confused. And I feel like if I can be that goodness for somebody to take the next best step for them, then that's my goal. Awesome. I love it. I have, I have one more question for you. What do you feel like is uh, the, the biggest like motivator you've seen in people reaching out? Like to oh, in reaching out? Yeah. Like, like what, when do you see that? I, I, I don't know how to, I, I'm like at a loss of how to ask this, but I think a lot of people have a really hard time getting started on a fitness journey. You know, you were talking about like, you like to really drill the basics. And I think that's so important because people do overcomplicate things. Um, and I think a lot of people may recognize that they need to, to work on their health, whether it be, you know, the holistic, uh, whether it be the physical, mental, um, you know, ideally we're always working on that. We're always, you know, working towards self-improvement, but I think certainly a lot of people recognize it's something they need to do, but they, they think it's too overwhelming and they don't want to take that first step because they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to do all these things. And, you know, how, how am I going to do that? So, so they just kind of don't. And I'm wondering, I guess it gives people advice and what you've seen from working with people. What is it that makes people take that switch? So they, they do want to reach out, get some help and really make those changes. Yes. I love that question because everybody says, I know what I need to do. I just need to do it. And um, when you had first asked the question of what makes people reach out, I've noticed that a lot of people reach out to me because they're like, I need more goodness in my life. I need more positivity. They need more encouragement to take the next step. And so I, I hope that I've made it super simple for people um, because I do have programs that are online. And, and again, if you're watching this and you're like, but Courtney, just, and she just explained how I feel like it's going to be too hard. It's going to be too overwhelming. Really what it takes is you being honest with yourself and saying, if I don't take some sort of action, I'm going to continue to be this way. And nothing is going to change until you do. Um, on the opposite side is you're actually going to move backwards if you don't take any action because our environment is not, the world is not profiting on us being healthy. They're profiting on us being sick. So this is a, this is a little bit of tough love for Marcy, okay? Uh, <laughs> really, all you need to do is be honest with yourself and say, I need to do something. And sometimes people will just call me their accountability coach because if you reach out, I'm gonna help you in the very smallest way to get you going. Like fun and sustainable, that's what it is. Teeny tiny pieces over and over again. It's not anything massive. So I do have free courses on my website. I also have intro programs that are super cheap. They come with accountability. But again, I want to extend the invitation. If you message me, I'll be here for you. And I don't ever want it to be stressed, stressing, or you shouldn't be obsessed. Like it, if you're honest with yourself and you say, Marcy, I saw your video. I know I need to do this. Give me the next little step. I'll be there for you. And really that's what it's all about. But having amazing people in your life, like Courtney, to just bring goodness in, just be bringing those reminders of like, our bodies are so important and our lives are amazing. And we have so many gifts to keep going. I can promise you without a doubt, if you take that little step of saying, I know I need to do this, you're going to be met with hundreds of people who want to love and support you, but they can't do it unless you do that 1% first. So if you're like, should I do it? Just do it. You know, you can just hit the little contact me and we can talk and then we'll just go from there. But I really, you're amazing already. It's all about maximizing what you're already doing right. And then tweaking those little things that we know 
are holding us back. But really, everybody just needs to take a deep breath and be like, I'm awesome. I'm awesome for listening to this. The fact that I'm listening to this is that I care about myself and I want to become better. And I have dreams and I have goals and I have aspirations and I know that I'm going to do it if I just take the next best step all the time. So that's amazing. Give yourself a hug from me. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I will post all the links and uh, we'll be in touch. Definitely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.